it's practice time, but it's more of a formalized practice as Boston College football jumps into their first scrimmage. We've got that. The basketball team ends their European vacation and women's lacrosse absolutely reloads heading into another potentially big season. We're going to get into all of that on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On BC's AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. Thank you all so much for joining me. Happy Monday, everyone. Let's jump on in and get to today's show. We're going to talk about the scrimmage, women's uh, lacrosse, and men's basketball. We've got a lot on today's plate. We're going to jump right into it. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your jobs faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right. First scrimmage held this weekend in the Fish Fieldhouse. It was going to be an alumni stadium, but they put a new turf in at alumni, and it was slick, and Halfley didn't want any uh, injuries as they, you know, I think there was, there's been a lot of rain in Massachusetts and why bother risking it? Uh, so they held it in the fish field house. Now, as a lot of these scrimmages are, it was mostly held away from the press. The last 30 minutes was open, but a chunk of that was seven on seven between freshmen that aren't going to really play. So you didn't get a ton of information, but I thought there were some really great questions asked of the staff and players after the game that really gave some good light into what's going on and how things are going. Now, the first thing I thought that was brought up that was worth talking about is a change in style in terms of installing their offense and defensive game plans this offseason. Now, from what it sounds like from Halfley in years past, they would, you know, learn the third down drills, practice the third down drills, learn the red zone offense, practice the red zone offense, practice short down defense, you know, that kind of stuff. This year they taught it, but they're going more into let's do it live, you know? And, and so they've pushed to get this stuff installed faster to make everyone think on their feet. And they were impressed with what they saw, according to the staff. And you're obviously you're going to hear from the staff that they're always feeling good about things. So that was one thing. The other piece I thought that was interesting, and I've heard this a lot is it seems like there's some good, I think BC's finally, going to have some solid depth at the quarterback position. Because right now, you have Emmett Moorhead, who's going to be the starter. I mean, no matter what you hear, there's no if ands, or buts about this. Moorhead's going to start this year. Unless something drastic was to happen at practice, I don't think anything will change there. Behind him, all signs point to Thomas Castellanos from UCF, uh, who continues to make some plays with his feet. But... Hey, Moorhead made plays with his feet too. In the scrimmage, he had a rushing touchdown. So I know a lot of folks like, I've heard people comparing him to Matt Ryan. He compares himself to um, Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck could run. I mean, he ran like a a, uh, three-legged horse, but he could run. He tried to run. 
So Emmett Moorhead was doing that. And then Jacoby Robinson. I'm hearing more and more good things about this true freshman uh, out of Texas. Now, Robinson, uh, you know, he's a little under-recruited. Big kid, 6'5". Uh, he's raw, but he's he's picking stuff up fast, folks. I don't think he's going to jump the other two guys, but isn't it nice to finally have, you know, a one, two, and three? And you got Matt Reavy, Reavy probably at number four. So you got three real contenders to play if you need them to. I think that's a solid step in the right direction. And um, Steve Shemko, who's the new uh, offensive coordinator, he spoke for the first time to the press after the scrimmage. It's the first time we've talked to him since he's done that. And he talked about how he was really impressed with the quarterbacks. He said, uh, operationally, what I've learned is that the quarterbacks are doing a great job handling the offense and managing the huddle. Um, and, and Moorhead who Emmett Moorhead was there too. He said, it's a different pace of practice. You get to operate on your own for the day, first day. We were really happy. It looked good. So that's a bit on the offense. There were some big plays. I saw some notes on Cam Barfield making a few big plays and Pat Garwo. So they were able to run the ball, which at this point is good because the next thing I want to talk about is from all accounts, it sounds like the defense is ahead of the offense. But Halfley gave some really good insight as a coach of why that happens. Because when you're installing the offense, you have to have all your guys playing at the same that, you know, like everyone has to do a million different things right for a play to work on offense. So it takes a little bit more time while on defense, you can just tell the defenders defenders for the most part to just go back with their ears pinned back and just go after the quarterback or go after this, and go after that. So there's much more explosive plays that happen on defense at this point of the season, uh, the preseason, excuse me. So I don't think that's a huge surprise uh, that that's happening. You just want to make sure, you know, we're not going to hear about it, but like you don't want to hear about them getting to the quarterback constantly or that there's issues on the offensive line. We haven't heard that yet, but that would be something I would watch for. Now, in terms of players that stood out, uh, the guy that I saw had an interception was Khalil Ali, a safety, a true freshman uh, who uh, is from Pensacola, New Jersey, if I get the name correct. Uh, as I said, Broom and uh, Barfield. Uh, Lewis Bond is another name to watch for. He didn't play a lot last year, and I don't know what the issue was of why he was held out of games near the end of that season, but Halfley's brought him up. He keeps coming up on practice reports. Every set of pictures I get has a ton of him making big plays. I got a feeling this Lewis Bond, he's from Chicago. He's a a sophomore. I think he's going to be a guy that you're going to want to watch for. Now, I saw reports, too, that are starting to get worried about the kicking situation. Uh, This was... um, in this, this was something that I, I heard about. I didn't actually get to see Liam Connor, I guess had some struggles on the day while Connor Litton didn't even play and he was held out. Cause I guess he'd been kicking a ton. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with kicking, but that may be a thing of concern. And honestly kicking, it would be a really big thing of concern because you need good special teams with this team. Boston College always needs good special teams or at least solid special teams for them to win. So hopefully that's not going to be something that's going to be their Achilles heels. I don't need another 2014 with all those mixed miss extra points and like blown points because that just kills a, a, a team. So that was just one thing I had heard. Hopefully that isn't a big deal. In terms of injuries, we haven't heard anything about injuries yet. 
the only injury that I know of, um, I saw Kari Johnson has been held out of practice. He's a cornerback from Arkansas. And I saw Caleb Jones, a defensive tackle from NCA and T uh, he tweeted out or Instagram that he's out for the season. And I saw him walking around with the leg cast. I don't know what's going on with him. It looks like he's probably out for a while. So that's another injury that I think would be worth watching. He's more, you know, going into the season, I don't think he was going to be a, a starter, but he was a situational player that could have played a bigger role this year. So uh, that was something worth noting as well. And every team's going to have injuries. It's the depth that you have that could fix that. Now in our second segment, we're going to, we're going to stop talking football today. This is it for football. I'm going to get to basketball because basketball had a European trip to Europe in Italy. I mean, Spain and Italy. Yeah. Europe is part of it. Italy's part of Europe. Excuse me. And they had three games. They won them all. I'll tell you what was exciting. What we learned about a player you may not know much about. And we'll get into a whole lot of that in just a moment. Now, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Now, all you need to do if you're hiring, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. It's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. And I want to ask you a favor. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star review. I saw someone who wasn't very happy with me and gave me a one star. And I love for folks to help out if you like this podcast, because the negativity can get a little, a little tough sometimes, but I, I try to do the best that I can here to give you the Boston college news that you are craving. And I'm going to be expanding and talking more about other uh, sports too, on some of our third segments on some of our shows. So stay tuned for that too. Now Ben's men's basketball, they finished, I think it was a 13 day trip to Spain in Italy where they played three exhibition games and lived the life that I wished I could live in college. Um, I saw a um, video that they put up and it was uh, CJ Harris, the, the transfer from Charleston Southern. And I think it was Elijah strong was the other one and asking what their favorite part of the trip was CJ Harris had the best answer. I think it was CJ Harris that said, my favorite part was the pizza. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then Elijah strong. I think it was Elijah strong said it was the wine. And, I, and he was like, sorry, mom, it's 18 over here or whatever. Um, so they're having a blast. They got to see Lagrata Sagrada familia, which if you've never been to Barcelona, you need to check that out. Um, they did catamaran tours. They did Vatican. They did everything down there. It was a really cool trip for the men's and women's women's basketball did it too. Uh, so really cool opportunity for that group to go there. Now, uh, this week, I think we've talked about all the other games. They ended their series, uh, their their trip with a game against Catalonia Express uh, or Superstars. It was a team out of Catalonia, uh, and they won big. You know, they won all these games by like thirty plus points. Now, what does that say about BC basketball? I don't read too much into any of these things because most of the European teams they're playing for, are like club teams and. They're not to the level of what you're going to play in the NCAA. So it, there's not a ton you can t- 
opaque when you're like, you see like numbers and you're like, oh, but there weren't any like gaudy numbers that any player put up. You didn't see like Quentin Post putting up like 50 points a game because I thought the coaching staff did a nice job of letting everyone get a chance to play a lot. Um, you saw, you know, the statistics after the fact, they didn't have any of this televised, which is a bummer. I would have watched it. Um, but all the guys seemed to have played a bunch. Now the guys that didn't play was Donald hand, who was coming back from a knee injury. We knew about that. We talked about that. And Mason Madsen had some sort of injury. He wasn't playing. He was recording everything. He, they, they were both there. Um, Madsen was the, like the host on every YouTube video that they made while, um, while, you know, hand, he was just there. So the last game, uh, CJ Harris didn't play, but the name that I, I brought up Prince of Ligby, he had again, led the team with scoring. So three straight games, two of them were led by a Ligby scoring. So that's good. Again, I said, he's going to be a factor again against opponents that you don't really know much about. That's take it for what it's worth. Grain of salt. Right. But the other name I wanted to bring up is true freshman, Fred Payne who every single game seemed to have like 11 to 12 points and seven rebounds per game. That is again, against whatever opponent that that's not much to, to take from, but just knowing when you look at those statistics, you're like, you, you can see he's going to be a guy that's going to play a, a role for this team. Once the, once the Eagles lost DeMar Langford and Makai Ashton Langford, you knew that they're going to have some, some spots for, uh, guards to, to jump in and you're going to see Chaz Kelly jump up. You're going to see Mason Matt Madsen probably play a little bit more, but especially with hand, probably not going to be coming back pro- uh, until later on in the season. Payne's going to play a role. And I think he's going to be a good two way player. I I've heard, I mean, you know, his scouting report was that he was going to be a good defender. You're, you're starting to see that already, uh, but to score some points too, that's a good sign. I like what I saw there. Now, the, the more worrisome sign, it looks like the bigs for BC are still a little while away. That's just my gut. It sounds like Armani Mighty. I, I don't know if he's going to be ready to play this year. He, he looked so raw last year. And I don't know how, you know, Devin McLaughlin jumped, you know, uh, to complete 180 in one year. I don't know if Mighty's going to be able to do that. He seems raw. Jane Hastings still seems raw. I don't know how much time they're going to need to get going, but you need a big behind Quentin Post. You, you know, Quentin Post can't play the whole game every single game. You need other guys to jump in. That's kind of my big concern right now. I thought Elijah Strong, from what I've heard, sounds like he could play a little bit. So you've got good depth um, everywhere else. It's just that center position. Those bigs, they don't have another guy behind Post that sounds like he can play. But they're back, and now the season starts. I think it's against Central Connecticut in early November uh, for men's basketball. So that'll be good, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the season, and I'm sure they'll have some press conferences and things. We'll find more about Donald Hand. We'll find out what the heck's going on with Mason Madsen, why he's out. We'll get all that details later. But a fun trip for them, and um, it's all over for that. And then our final segment, I have so many news items, little pieces you're going to want to know about. Women's lacrosse, they bring in four transfers, and one of them, at least one of them, two of them, sound like they're going to be real stars for that team. We have men's base, uh, men's baseball, baseball bringing in a transfer, women's uh, softball bringing in a transfer. I-, I got so much stuff to talk about. You're going to want to know about, and like all the other sports that I haven't even mentioned yet. You want to get into that in just a moment. 
This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Thank you all who have subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, so let's kick this off. Let's get into a little bit about women's lacrosse. They're, you know, they're coming back from a season where they were runners up for, for the national championship, their ACC championships uh, caliber team. Uh, and they lost some players. Yep. But they're bringing back a ton of talent and they, they loaded up in the transfer portal. So let's go over who they grabbed. And I want to give credit to BCI, uh, BC interruption for some of their recaps of these players. So Emma Lapinto is our first one. And she played two seasons at Florida who oddly enough is part of the AAC for women's lacrosse. Um, she was the Gators offensive leader last year. She was, she had 62 goals and 90 points and started all 29 games. She was 14th in the NCAA in goals last season and was the youngest player to reach a hundred point milestone, uh, hundred goal milestone. She was a Tawartan nominee, uh, for top 25. So you bring in someone like that, uh, 90 points. It continues. You bring in. Rachel Clark, this is the big one. This is the big get for women's lacrosse because this is like when you follow football and you see those like big names, like, um, you know, like the big game changing transfers that you hear about. Rachel Clark comes to BC after two seasons with UVA where she had 76 points last season in the ACC was third in the ACC in goals. First team, all ACC and first team, all American. She was ACC freshman of the year, like massive get like, this is like, you know, when you look at the transfer portal in football, like the top of the top of the class, BC nails it. that that's, this is where BC women's lacrosse is at, right? They're just loading up. And then they grabbed two transfers um, from, uh, I lost it. They got another one from, from Florida. So that is Becky Browndorf. And uh, she was a defender, so she played well. Uh, she caused 22 turnovers for the for the Gators. Uh, very good defender, so that's good. And then they added a, someone from Stanford. They added a Stanford uh, Cardinal as well, who um, she's from Massachusetts, started all 18 games and caused eight turnovers. So you add this in with Bell Smith, McKenna Davis, Kayla Martello, and their goalie, Shea, Shea Dolce, plus some really good freshmen coming in. And you can see, like, the women's lacrosse team is stacked. They're going to be right in it again to get, um, you know, right back to the top of the ACC. This is a program that is a freaking unit every single year. And right now, it's showing what this program, like, what BC Athletics can be because, you know, all this talk about like BC football, they're in the middle of the class. They can't do anything. Baseball's kind of in the middle. Basketball, you've got women's lacrosse that are like, you know, they're like the, they're turning into like the Alabama of college women's lacrosse. They're so good. You know, they just keep reloading over and over again, um, which makes it a fun product. And they got a ton of young fans too, which is, it, which brings in a lot of excitement around them. So, Congratulations to them. That's a big get for all for them to get all four of these women uh, to to reload their program and to bring like a girl like Rachel Clark in. Man, that brings some real excitement for them. Uh, other news items: uh, Zay Flowers played his first preseason game. If you blinked, you missed it. I think he had one catch, or and I don't even think it was a catch. I think he caught it a rush because I think it was a backwards pass. 
uh, for one yard. He juked out a, a Philadelphia Eagles player and then was tackled one yard after. And that was the end of his day. So it was a quick in and out for Zay. Uh, we'll see more of him. They're not going to risk him in the preseason, but you will, you'll see him probably a little bit more as the season goes on. Um, and then BC uh, baseball added a transfer as well. Uh, they lost their catcher to Arizona earlier this off season. And they added a catcher. His name is Beck Milner uh, from the Taft School in Utah. And he was a freshman last year. He was a high, pretty highly recruited player at Yale. Uh, but more of a, it sounds like a more of a defensive catcher. Uh, and so he's like the first transfer I've heard of of recent. I know they grabbed a couple of pitchers. They had a kid from Holy Cross and a kid from some D3 school. I couldn't tell you the name <laughs> if I tried. So they, they got a defensive-minded catcher uh, to come in. Uh, which is good. You need you need a depth there, so they they were able to do that um, as well. Now, in terms of other news going around for sports, I saw BC Genius on Twitter, who's a my, um, one of the one, a great follow if you haven't followed him yet, uh, saying that the Friends of the Heights is going to have some big news this week in terms of NIL. I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. He's a he's a very uh, reliable guy. I think he's a writer for uh, one of the Connecticut papers. Uh, so he's he's hooked in. It sounds like NIL's got some big news coming for BC. I'm really excited to hear what that's going to be. Uh, now this week for BC football, we'll be having some more practice coverage. Uh, any more recruiting news? If we hear anything about Kirby Lambert, we'll talk about that. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. Um, my third segment, I'm going to continue to add if there's news. I'm not going to just talk about a team if I don't know anything going on but i want to add like you know discussions about some of the things that are going on um in this final segment so i heard about the women's lacrosse i know this bat hockey stuff coming on oh that was the last piece of hockey news scott muterin uh his son just signed with our is committed to bc which is a uh, really cool news one of the top um teddy his name is teddy teddy muterin and he plays for saint sebastian's in massachusetts he won't be here for two years 2026 uh, but he was one of the top recruits. He's a four-star hockey recruit, and uh, he committed to BC. This was a big get because I had heard from, I think it was BC Hockey Blog, saying that they thought he was going to commit to Harvard. So this is a good get for BC. Um, obviously, the family connection, his his dad is the voice of BC Hockey. Uh, not BC Hockey, BC Football, one of the sign line reporters, a former BC um, quarterback. Great news for BC there. Uh, so, Good news all around. It was a, it was a good weekend for BC uh, Sports News. So we'll be back again. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't subscribed to Eagle Insider, we've got more news up there going on. I'm very active there. Hopefully we'll have some more stuff coming up. Thank you all so much for following along. We hope you enjoyed everything today. We'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.